Welcome to the Tech Bytes podcast from the Packet Pushers. So you've probably heard of the last mile problem. Today, we're going to talk about problems with the last six feet. With work from anywhere becoming commonplace, one of the hardest challenges for IT is how to measure user experience and troubleshoot problems happening somewhere between the desktop and a home router or the ISP. Our sponsor is AppNetta. They have some ideas on how to help. We're joined by Adam Edwards. He is Chief Customer Officer at AppNetta. Adam, welcome back to the podcast. Can you just briefly remind us of what AppNetta does and how it collects data on end users and what you do with it? Sure. Thanks, Drew. Uh, AppNet is a network performance monitoring platform designed to give you real-time insight into the user experience from any location to any application. And since a lot of us are working from home these days, that location includes your hybrid workers or the office of one. Okay. And of course, we're talking about getting visibility at the host and you do have a host agent. Have you added new metrics or anything to particularly think about um, the host performance, wireless performance, that kind of thing? Uh, we have. Uh, we actually did so out of necessity. So when we went virtual in 2020, our teams needed to understand at a glance if a user experiencing a problem with an application uh, was connected via Ethernet or Wi-Fi. Uh, you know, in-home Wi-Fi is uh, never a guarantee these days. Uh, needed to understand if they had a VPN session that was active. In some cases, those are requirements to access cor corporate apps, depending on where they live. Mm -hmm. um, if they were connected wirelessly, what that Wi-Fi client performance was. Uh, and then uh, the last aspect of the end-to-end -end, uh, is host-based metrics, like uh, what's the memory or CPU consumption on an endpoint at a given time that the user's accessing the application on, and what are those top processes, or, or what were they when the uh, issue was reported? It's, it's interesting to think that, you know, two or three years ago, we went into the office to use the internet connection that was there, and that connectivity was built at a different level usually performance, money was invested according to the need. But that transition from centralized work to distributed work means that you probably need to be thinking about distributed support, which is a key part of what AppNet is about for my money, right? This idea that all of your workers are now in a thousand, you know, if you've got a thousand workers, you're probably now in a thousand offices as a metaphor, right? And so all of a sudden you've got to monitor a thousand networks. That's fundamentally what AppNet does, right? That's right. Uh, as far as how we collect data, I mean, we've always had a combination of active and passive monitoring. So well covered at your remote site, uh, but in the case of end users, they're not at that well-managed remote location, or they may be part-time in the coming months, we all hope. Uh, so we um, added to our, what we call native monitoring point. So this lights up every end user you'd like with the same type of uh, insight that you've been Enjoyed at your 100 gig data center, your cloud container location, um, and your remote office. So you've got that visibility right to the, the user's keyboard, essentially. Yeah, I just want to, I want to wait, make a point about something that I learned or realized just quite recently, and I feel quite dumb that I only learned it recently, is that when you move apps into public cloud or into off-premise cloud facilities, right, like Azure or AWS, the nature of bandwidth means that you, they actually have to have enough bandwidth to handle your needs and you need to have enough bandwidth to access them. So this is a lesson from SD-WAN is when you move to off-prem cloud, you need to have enough bandwidth to access off-prem cloud resources because they use more bandwidth than what used to happen in the office. Because in the office, you used to have a campus network, you know, or a, an MPLS, maybe with Quas or whatever. And now all of a sudden on the internet, there's a whole transition there and you need to get visibility to know, hang on, 80% of my staff have enough bandwidth, but 20% don't. Indeed. I mean, once you establish that the app is up and you know, Azure rarely goes down totally, Office 365 is generally available and works, but you've got the app, 
the app is up and functioning. You've got the internet connecting the app uh, is functioning. And you've affirmed that the last mile, uh, either well-managed WAN, or in the case of your hybrid users, their, their last mile ISP is up. So that's that's a lot of the service delivery chain, but troubleshooting in IT is a matter of uh, finger pointing, right? Uh, <laughs> establish the blame and then establish the fix. Um, but, but you still got this obscurity with what's going on, even within the user's 50 feet or six feet. Um, so you know, let's talk some specifics. Like what do you need as, a, as someone who can help an end user? You've got to understand not only how they're connected right now, because you rarely get a ticket when the issue is happening live, right? It's always... Yeah. Um, my Zoom session performed poorly in my corporate webcast yesterday at 3 p.m. Go. Yeah. Right? So, and it's, so it's, this, yeah. it's this mean time to innocence. And there's two sides to mean time <laughs> to innocence. One is there's business value because if it's not the network, you can say it's not the network. But the other side is not my problem. So there's, <laughs> you, can, you can take two sides. You can take a selfish side and say mean time to innocence means it's not my problem. It's, it's the server or it's the app or, you know, whatever. Or the other side is, you're saving time on the operations control. We take pick which one of those you like. Right. It's, it's tough to successfully have an IT career uh, with the ostrich and sand um, kind of approach. You you have to take on that last mile, that last ten feet, that remote office visibility, even if that's an office of one. So um, that's why we added uh, things like Wi-Fi connection detection. If yeah. the user is on an active VPN session, if they're on Wi-Fi, what is the signal quality? So you don't need to be a, an RF engineer and figure out uh, decibels and milliwatts, uh, but what is the signal strength as a percentage, something easy for users to, to understand as well. What's the link speed? What was the RSSI, mm. airtime, retransmits, even station information? So uh, we've made these available uh, both in real time and historically. And when paired with host-based metrics like memory, CPU, and then what are the top processes, that gives you that full end-to-end, -end, which you know, a year ago was end to office. Now end to end really is that all the way to the end user view. And you've got examples here of like, you know, an end user at home was having issues, but it was only when they had a mesh network at home and it was only when they were connected to one particular point on the mesh and you were able to find that. That's right. So uh, those of us who are lucky to have a mesh network at home, that's not always a guarantee of a great user experience. So one of our our customers had a user, an SAP user, uh, so pretty bandwidth intensive mm -hmm. uh, in certain aspects of the app. Uh, Office-based monitoring confirmed SAP was up and accessible from multiple locations, including through a, a VPN tunnel. So they they kind of cut the problem in half and started segmenting it and, and looking at the end user's environment. Um, with the user's workstation native monitoring point, which was installed in this case on their Windows host, it revealed two large data loss events a few hours apart during the, the the case history. And when they drilled in, they saw several events where the BSSID changed, but the channel remained the same. Uh, so we concluded that the radio interface the client was using was shifting back and forth uh, between one and two uh, access points. And they realized that the packet loss resolved to zero once the stabilization was there for the connection. Uh, so we just concluded that that mesh Wi-Fi performance wasn't as expected and they just concluded that the user should revert to an ethernet connection. So depending on the service level and the depth of troubleshooting that IT will buy into mm -hmm. for that endpoint, uh, that could have involved a client firmware upgrade, you know, Wi-Fi drivers don't always roam seamlessly, or they could have gone after the actual mesh network configuration. So um, usually that's not the case with IT unless it's an executive, um, but they, they were able to draw the line, get the user back to productivity with SAP by connecting as a, as they were established to. Yeah, so you solved the immediate problem, but you also know the root cause. 
So you could tell the user that it's a handoff problem between the different elements in your mesh network. You either yeah. replace the mesh technology because it's not very seamless handoff. It's a manual handoff process. And, uh, or they just wire up and, and work out how to solve it later, something like that. That's right. The user is happy because they're not sent on a wild goose chase to calling their ISP and, um, <laughs> you know, calling their, um, you know, their IT savvy nephew to, to come troubleshoot. So they I were thought able it'd to be DNS. I would have blamed DNS. <laughs> often the case. Uh, often yeah. the case. But that's another thing that you're monitoring, of course, is like, is, are the DNS queries working? Are they latent? So the client DNS monitoring gives you uh, real-time and historical monitoring into the actual DNS per server performance over time. So you can understand if uh, the client's misconfigured, uh, what those DNS server settings were, and what the end of uh, the user experience impact was. So I'm wondering, you know, all the focus that's going uh, into the work from home or work from anywhere experience, does that mean the office is now getting sort of short shrift in terms of performance management? Well, if you combine traditional remote office monitoring uh, insight with the end user insights that we've talked about here, you have the promise of end-to-end -end that was, I, I call it end-to-office visibility, uh, but your users aren't going to be all in the office or all at home. So you really have to light up the end user with that end-to-end -end visibility so that when they go to the office, you can look at a holistic view of all your users and understand in the context of the well-managed remote office SLA, what those users' experience are. So you can understand what the known good is all the way to uh, say a switch on the floor, including your Wi-Fi performance of a independent known good quantity, you know, your enterprise level physical monitoring point that's on the floor. Uh, but you also understand as users roam through the office and they go from one access point to another, uh, what that end user roaming configurations impact is on their experience. I know in our Boston office, I used to have a, a hard time with a Zoom in a remote corner of the office and I was actually pretty close to the access point. Uh, and I'd go talk to my IT person and they were kind of at a loss. They'd, they'd log into the ruckus controller and help me understand why your, your client's up, looks fine, Mac is there, you're authenticated, you know, come get me if it happens again. Where if you look mm -hmm. at this capability alongside the remote office, you can look at the user from an infrastructure view and understand that's up or look at a switch port, but you also get the historical performance over time. So you understand mm -hmm. what happened when and then why. I think another important part about this is it's also vendor independent in the sense that this technology works on the host. It, like AppNetter has got a portfolio of products in this sense, but this particular one we're talking about is the agent on the host collects data. So it doesn't matter whether the person has Netgear or, you know, Eero or, or you know, whatever brand of Wi-Fi or whichever telco they're using, for whether, whether they're at a coffee shop or they're back in the office, you can actually monitor all those connections with one tool. That's right. Uh, that covers multiple clients, multiple operating systems, any type of network. Um, so it's important that it's uh, vendor independent because our customers depend on, in this world of hybrid cloud, network transformations like SD-WAN of different vendors and different progresses, they need a stable set of performance insight regardless of where their particular network or transformation or even users are. And are you able to correlate data that you might be gathering on the host to other links in the chain? So the ISP, the broader WAN, whether it's a SaaS app, the cloud, uh, an on-prem app, et cetera? We are, and we have uh, customer best practices. So if you have SaaS apps, you are using AppNet to monitor from outside the firewall so you can understand in real time from a given region 
was the app up and what was its performance to region. Uh, you're looking at that app also in parallel from your remote offices and data centers so you understand what your infrastructure's impact is on the application's experience. And then with host, Wi-Fi, and the client metrics that we talked about here today, you've got those all running alongside each other. Essentially, you have the same time series so you can understand anywhere in the service delivery chain and user experience um, what's at fault and, and how you segment that. So that's really the only way that you can get the full IT efficiency that you need in this modern and very complex uh, world. So again, back to that sort of troubleshooting idea, if a user saying I'm having trouble accessing this cloud app, I can immediately check from other perspectives, the cloud app looks fine from this office, this data center, even that user's region, let's go looking somewhere else. That's right. We have a, an application quality dashboard that can look at that application from multiple vantage points. And then with the tagging, we can overlay business contacts like region, department, um, uh, other location, city, uh, brand. Um, so um, it becomes very important to understand that application's experience uh, across your business. Are you able to provide sort of like best practices now for folks who are working from home so you can sort of start to eliminate the issues of, you know, don't go out on your back porch when you're on a Zoom call because the Wi-Fi signal is going to drop, that kind of thing? We are. Uh, we actually have a, a checklist for return to office that uh, that we can share with customers and, um, and prospects. But essentially, you know, it all starts with um, looking at the performance uh, from the best possible perspective. So start with an ethernet connection if you can. Mm. Recognizing that not all of the users have access to an ethernet port, then you start with the best Wi-Fi um, infrastructure that you can. That's most often a mesh network. So um, one of the things that we see, obviously the distributed work, everybody's switching to using voice and video over whatever connectivity they've got. And although Unified Comms was a big deal five years ago, it's probably not so much of a big deal now that Zoom's come around. But the flip side is quality of the calls and monitoring, say, the conventional tools like Teams and Zoom and so forth that comes up. Is that something that you can get visibility into as well? Because you really need to know if Zoom's not working or Teams isn't working these days. You absolutely do. And from the volume of Zoom status update emails I get on a given day. Uh, I guess you can never be sure that the infrastructure is up at the other end at Zoom, but you do need to have eyes on the end to end all the way to the client. So one of our customers is a UC service provider. Uh, they're on the hook to deliver reliable voice and video services like Zoom, always on overlay third-party networks. And mm. you can imagine the finger always points at the service provider first, <laughs> when in reality, you know that the issues often occur at the other end. Uh, so in one case, their help desk was triaging a, a user issue where they had seen from their client large spikes in jitter and round trip time, uh, but they didn't know why and where. So classic triage workflow was followed. The app was up in the cloud. They checked the path to the gateway and checked the last mile circuit. Everything looked okay. So there was no packet loss, but they saw persistent jitter and round trip time spike. So they focused on the customer's endpoint, found that they were connecting wirelessly uh, not an automatic disqualifier, but with enhanced metrics from the native monitoring point on their workstation, they learned that the connection was wireless, signal link speed checked out, but airtime showed spikes. And airtime indicates congestion uh, elsewhere in the local area Wi-Fi network. So uh, nice. typically coincident with jitter and round chip time spikes. So we concluded that another client on the same wireless network was consuming the bandwidth heavily at those times of jitter and RTT spike. So, well, they're consuming um, the spectral bandwidth, not the wireless bandwidth. Yeah, yeah, and there's a difference yeah. there because if it's the 
you don't need to, that's a different problem to solve. You can't solve that with a tool like yours because, but there's a certain amount of spectrum in the five gigahertz and the signals being transmitted. And if you can't get access to the spectrum because there's a wireless TV or a baby monitor is the old fashioned way of talking about it, using that spectrum, then you can't get the bandwidth. But the diagnosis comes up and says, it's not DNS, it's not the internet connection, it's this. Right. And that gave the customer uh, confidence to, to go and remedy the issue. Yeah, that's one of those things where if a customer isn't telling, uh, you know, the help desk, oh, I've also got, you know, a couple of kids at home trying to do remote school and a spouse also working, whatever, and there's a lot of congestion, they could have chased their tails forever without this kind of insight. Common scenario. Yeah, very common. Well, that does bring us to the end of our time. Um, Adam, thank you for joining us. If folks want to find out more, where would you send them? Come visit us online at www.appnetta.com slash packet pushers. All right, that's appnetta.com slash packet pushers. Thanks to Appnetta for being a sponsor. Thank you for listening. If you like this show, you can find it and many more fine free technical podcasts and our community blog. It's all at packetpushers.net. You can follow us on Twitter at packet pushers. Find us on LinkedIn, rate us on Apple Podcasts. And last but not least, remember that too much networking would never be enough.